Thanks a lot for stopping by. Glad to have this man on. He's an author. He's a political analyst. His name is Drew Allen. You may or may not have heard of him. We're going to make sure that you know who he is after this. Drew, how are you doing? Nice to meet I'm, you. I'm doing well. Good to be with you, Joe. You're, you're, uh, you're, you're making an impact, my friend. I'm trying my best. I, I hope that we're making an impact, and I hope that we're making an impact outside of the choir. And the reason I say that is there are so many people who agree with you and agree with me that right is right and wrong is wrong, but there are also so many who would never listen to you or, or listen to me, and that's a problem because they're not getting the straight scoop. you got this book out called America's Last Stand. Will you vote to save or destroy America in 2024? And it's pretty ominous, and I think we really do have an opportunity to either save it or lose the country. But let's go back to where, where I just started. They own Hollywood. They own big media. They own big tech. They own, they own academia. They own just about every big music, big sports. How exactly do we, do we make inroads where people aren't listening to voices like you and me who might be an alternative voice to them, but we're actually speaking the truth? How do we get them? Well, it's not a good answer for some people out there that just want to kind of lackadaisically sit at home and wait for someone else to save them. The reality is you've got to be the person in the vehicle that does that. All of us are influential in our communities. We have friends, family, obviously, that don't agree with us or that don't listen to you or me. And so it's actually incumbent upon us from now until November and after that, too, to 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 talk to these people. People don't want to talk about politics right now because it's uncomfortable. But, you know, as I try to explain to people in the book, what's so important is I don't think people understand the existential nature of the 2024 election. And, you know, I had kind of the foresight. I mean, I, I wrote this book and it was published at the end of October of last year. And my premise was it's going to be an election, a rematch between Trump and Biden or some other Democrat they replace him with. And so I understood, look, we have got to understand and get the facts straight and fight the propaganda and support Trump and make sure that he wins over Biden or whatever Democrat they replace him with at the last minute, because we're going to lose the country. DrewAllen.substack.com is where you can go and read everything he writes. He's got this new book out called America's Last Stand. Uh, I appreciate everything that you just said. And what's interesting is people don't want to talk politics. And when you do, you're getting a lot of feelings and emotions from one side. And they'll ignore the fact that we're bringing on the other side. Is there a tactic that you can tell my audience right now that would work when Uncle Edgar comes over for, for lunch or dinner and talks about how Trump makes him feel bad or doesn't like the mean tweets and his personality bothers me and, you know, he's been married three times and he's got that hair. Um, can, can you, can you get through that? Cause that's the only winning combination the left has. You can't attack him on the issues because on the issues, he's exponentially better than Biden could ever be. Yeah, two things. Look, social media, uh, some spaces and spheres out there, it's fun to be kind of mean and, and kind of punch down and make a point and look good. We can't do that. I mean, I would say the first thing is it's kind of like I happen to be a Christian. I don't know how to do this except to make an analogy, Joe. You know, as yeah. a Christian, uh, you're, you're united in the, in the sense that you're all Christians, right? We're Americans. So these people that disagree with us, they're still on the same ship. They're, we're all in the same boat. We succeed or fail together. Uh, and so you've got to look at these people as your American brothers and sisters. And I really Really do. It can be very hard. I understand that. So you've got to have a sense of compassion first. But secondarily, you know, if you're really firm in your faith as a Christian, for example, again, you know, in the analogy as an American, we've got to go out and actually this is our country. You know, uh, Benjamin Franklin said, you know, it's a republic if you can keep it. He was talking to the people, the Americans. It's not the politicians to keep it. It's us. And right. so we've got to go out and be disciples of Americanism, if you will. And that doesn't happen if we just sit here and wait for CNN or someone else to get the message out. It's not going to happen. So have a sense of compassion. Uh, look at other people as, as as American citizens first. Let's do that. And then have 
have conviction about your support for Trump. Don't do this apology tour like people did in 2020 and before. Oh, I wish we had somebody. I mean, look, they're running, you know, Satan himself, basically. And Donald Trump is Mother Teresa compared to any Democrat who could possibly run, given what they're doing to the country. So let's just have conviction and let's be proud uh, of what we stand for. America's Last Stand is the name of the book. The subtitle is Will You Vote to Save or Destroy America in 2024? It's Drew Allen. You can go find him on Substack as well. Interesting comparison. I'm also a Christian, but you understand that Christians in America today think it's okay to be pro-choice. You understand that Christians in America today think it's okay to have certain books in our school libraries. Um, they have been convinced, and I believe conditioned, and I'd love to get your opinion on this, by the far left who has said, Kamala Harris two weeks ago, a week and a half ago said, you can be pro-choice and not have it challenge your religion, your, your deeply held religious beliefs, which is, of course, bogus. <laughs> of course, you can't be pro-choice because the choices are kill it or keep it. And, and if you're okay with that, with, with half of that that uh, that denomination, then then you're already out. So they have convinced people that Joe Biden is Catholic. You're right; he really is the devil incarnate. He's the most racist president we've had in a hundred years. He's a horrible person through and through. The allegations against him over the years are nuts. And if you you want to find out about racism and Joe Biden. All you have to do is look into the early 90s when he joined up with the former Klansman, Strom Thurmond, to punish black people more than white people. Literally, if you're uh, in a neighborhood that dealt crack, you're going away for like twice as long as you would if you're in a neighborhood that had powder cocaine. Everything I just said is, is true. But again, Drew, my, my problem is Christians don't act like Christians anymore in many ways. Americans don't act like Americans first anymore in many ways. How do we sift through that? Because this division is deep. Yeah, look, this, this is a huge question because it's, we're going to have to devote our lifetimes to fixing this. Uh, it, it's the bastardization, the neutering of Christianity, the same thing with American history. I mean, the fact that you have a Democrat party that can stand there and talk about Emmett Till and use that as a cudgel to divide Americans and beat Republicans and accuse them of racism – Knowing all along that it was actually Democrats and Southern Democrats in particular that were responsible for the murder of Emmett Till. So right. it's kind of like if the Nazi party sat here today and was still alive and well and was beating the uh, the German citizens down about the Holocaust uh, as if their history as if they weren't responsible for it. So it's a crazy thing that's happening. But, you know, this is about accepting the false premise of the left. We've done this for too long. I mean, Christianity, they beat us with this. This is a Saul Alinsky Marxist tactic, right? They, you know, make the enemy live up uh, to their own rules. And so with Christianity, they, they, they actually lie about what Christianity is. So, oh, Jesus, he was immensely tolerant, He, which means condone every. Jesus was not tolerant. He was I not tolerant of bit, sin. No. Right. whatsoever. So he didn't sit there with a prostitute and say, hey, uh, yeah, you keep going, you know, as long as it's making you money. He said, go and sin no more. So this idea that we have to accept transgenderism or accept, you know, cutting off little Johnny's, you know what, when he's 12 years old, and that's love and compassion. That's not. So we, we really just have to be more courageous and we have to take back our country with confidence and not let the left continue to dictate to us what patriotism is when they don't have an ounce of patriotism in their bodies. Well, they don't. They, they would like to see our patriotism go away. They think America first is a really, really bad thing. They think a border is a really, really bad thing. It's Drew Allen. Go and uh, check out his Substack, drewallen.substack.com. Get his book called America's Last Stand. Uh, let's talk about the news of the day. How, uh, there are people in this country who are really, really good people who really think that it's poor women and children that are coming across the border. They think that some sort of a solution, a bipartisan solution, is important. When you and I both know they can shut the border down today, we saw three years ago, it can be zero illegal aliens coming in. You have to do it the right way to come in. But they somehow have worked on the emotions and compassion of those who are sort of middle of the road. I think that we, generally speaking as a country, lean a little bit right. 
But those who are down the middle want to have compassion for both sides. So how do you get through to them and let them know Biden and, and this hierarchy doesn't really care about those who are coming here illegally. They care about what it means for power and control in central government. They care about what, what it means to keep people voting Democrat forever. How do we make them understand it's not a, a, a inhumane idea to have a border and have laws? Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's very difficult. I mean, uh, they're gaslighting us certainly. But look, if if what basically what we're looking at here is yes, there are ulterior motives to why the Democrats are doing this. It is replacement theory. They, they the conspiracy theory is the replacement theory is a conspiracy theory. It's about replacing Americans. Period. But you know, look. If you, Joe, you know you have a responsibility as a father uh, to take care of your family. You right. know, um, if your family is starving and homeless, and you're giving all of your resources to some, you know, stranger down the street and allowing your own family to die, uh, that's not compassionate, and that's not fixing the problem. Right. And also, we have to be pragmatic about this. I mean, look, you do not have a country if you don't have a border. You know, all of these countries that have been formed are because of invasions. I mean, you can look at the United States of America. Uh, the U.S. exists because, you know, in the early days, of course, we had ships coming across and we colonized it. And then we put up a border. This happens everywhere. But if you if you drop that and get rid of the border, you do not have a country anymore. You have nothing in common anymore. I mean, this is what's crazy. You go back and listen to the founding fathers, George Washington's farewell address about all of this. And, and he warns against everything the Democrats are doing now, says don't do it. And it's like they use that as a reverse engineering to destroy the country right and there are groups out there that are that well they were openly marxist who are now hiding pretending they're not i can use blm as an as an example their original charter that they've now taken offline but i took a copy of it before they did literally literally said they want to disrupt the western nuclear family it literally talked about uh, holding up on high not not necessarily black people but lgbtqxyz people so the this is how you get to america from the nucleus and break it down around it normally takes a while for people to wake up i can use new york city as an example it was completely a disgusting place and finally the left had enough or those who voted left had enough and voted in rudy giuliani they voted in george pataki as the governor who cleaned it up who fixed it? Now, of course, you see it went back to the left, and they're going to have to go through this cycle again. Are we getting close to a breaking point, do you think, critical mass, where people are going to go, dude, I can't afford to buy groceries anymore. Dude, they're, they're indoctrinating my kids. Dude, they're cutting off the breasts of little girls. At some point, will America wake up and go, okay, I can't not be involved anymore. I better get involved. I think that we're close to that, but the problem is the means we have to kind of uh, – uh, utilize that and make that mass productive for the country is a Republican Party that seems devoted to losing or wants to lose so badly yes. these rhinos and everything else. So we have to have strong messaging. I, I just had an article out talking about, you know, Joe Biden is waging a war against reality. So, yes, the border is Joe Biden owns it and they're going to try and blame Republicans. You know, uh, they, they want to convince you that what you're experiencing isn't real. So you go to the grocery store, you pay your energy bills or whatever else, and you realize that, hey, I'm really struggling. I don't have much money. Inflation's killing me. And the Democrats want to say, no, no, you're doing fine. And you're supposed to believe that and vote for them. We have to be effective messengers right now. And we're all suffering because of this administration. And we have to get smarter. We all, you knew this, Joe, you've been doing this forever. What the Democrats and the rhinos were planning to do with this 11th hour 
$1,000 border bill. It was about it – was, it's like the Inflation Reduction Act. It's another Marxist tactic. Create a problem and then right. present some solution you know, that, that, that is in the works. And so this is like the Inflation Reduction Act. It's not a, it's not a border bill at all. It's a, it's a, it's a, a illegal invasion bill. Uh, and so they're going to lie and try, this, try and hang this around the Republicans' necks. And you know, Trump's right. You know, these people are, are stupid. I mean, but it's, it's worse than that because you have obviously a lot of rhinos that right. – it's not because they're stupid. It's because they're as bad as the Democrats. Because they want to be Democrats. They want to keep on going to the martini lunches. They do want to see a, a country where the central government controls everything we do. And, and, and we're on the way there. You know, it, it's interesting because it's not a border bill at all. It's not even a border invasion bill. It's a Ukraine finance bill. It is $118 billion, $60 billion of which goes to Ukraine. Now, I'm not really sure I understand, but you, I know where Ukraine is. I'm one of the few that can find it on a map. It isn't bordering us. It's nowhere near us. It's actually very, very far away. They get $60 billion, and we get to let 5,000 illegal aliens in every day before we decide to close the border. What's interesting about that bill as well is they admit they can close it if they want, but they want to let 5,000 a day in before they do. So at the, at the end of all of this, how do people wake up from this slumber? It, is it as simple as they know their economy sucks, and Corrine Jean-Pierre stands there and says, their economy is doing better, they just don't realize it? Is it that simple where people say, I'm sorry, did you just call me stupid? Because if you're calling me stupid, I'm not going to vote for you people anymore. Yeah, well, somebody has to point that out to them. Like, hey, did you listen to what she just said? She's calling you stupid because people are just used to that. Look. We are in an abusive relationship with our government right now. I mean, it hasn't yes. been this bad since 1776. I'm serious. I mean, this is this is where we're at in terms of treatment. And but but remember, these kind of gaslighting tactics are effective because you have all sorts of spouses or or boyfriends and girlfriends in abusive relationships and they choose to stay there because they, they try and shape your reality. They gaslight you. They, 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 they use fear tactics. And that's exactly what's going on now because our abusive spouse, which is Joe Biden, the Democrat Party, you know, Barack Obama, the people behind the scenes, well, they're actually up for re-election in November. And so now they're rushing to – like the, the visit he's doing to East Palestine, Ohio – Right. I mean, it's a year too late. Why is he going? They've got an election year checklist, Joe, where it's like they're going to use this against me. So it doesn't right. matter that it's not true. I got to have the photo op so the Republicans can't say I didn't go to East Palace. Oh, I care about blue collar workers. So we just have to be aware of this and really be informed ourselves and be the vessel that's going to actually translate what's going on uh, to our, our, our helpless neighbors and friends. It's uh, Drew Allen. He's an author, political analyst. Go to drewallen.substack.com or go get his brand new book. It's called America's Last Stand. Will you vote to save or destroy America in 2024? Drew, where, where do you think they got this tactic calling Trump a dictator and that he won't leave office if he should win again when we just had four years of Trump and he left office, although it was really questionable, and I can make a good argument how he didn't lose but having said that he still left office he didn't stay there he was never a dictator lowered regulations lowered taxes made government smaller how exactly is it that they're getting away with this idea they can call him hitler or a dictator and he would never leave office uh, if he got power again where did that come from well these people are completely desperate and they're also amoral people so they will resort to any law there's no lie too great for these people and so the, the biggest fear in a quote-unquote democracy, of course, I remind people in the book, we're a constitutional republic, not a democracy. But anyway, right. uh, that said, you know, what's the greatest threat to that? It is a dictatorship, and it's, of course, what the founding fathers tried to prevent. 
So these people think that they're being clever by saying, oh, look, he's everything that we should fear in this country because he's the dictator. He's the threat. He's King George III. Meanwhile, they're gaslighting, they're projecting because it's exactly what they're guilty of. I mean, look, they've been saying that Trump was a threat to democracy since 2016. That is before he was even elected president. So these are just narratives. He's a racist. What they do is they promote these narratives and then they just create evidence, manufacture evidence, just like all of these court cases. They make an accusation that's unreasonable. It's ridiculous. And then they just create the evidence like Trump, Russia collusion. I mean, that was actually a fabrication. If people don't recall a coup attempt and he wasn't guilty of Trump, Russia collusion, but it didn't stop the Clinton campaign, the DNC from funding and paying for a dossier that just had salacious claims. So this, this is what we're up against. When people walk away from reading this book called America's Last Stand, what do you want them to take with them? And then quickly, if you don't mind, give me a little prediction. Do you feel good about about November or are you pretty apprehensive? Well, as far as the book goes, I think that people will uh, emerge awakened. They will feel invigorated and they'll 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 accept their role as patriots. I call people in this book the patriots of 24, like the patriots of 1776. And so they will emerge with a mission and understand the actual stakes of 2024 and be motivated uh, to share that, you know, American gospel with other American citizens, hopefully uh, to do everything in their power between now and November to save the country. And I'm not apprehensive. I mean, I'm very concerned, of course, about the illegal invasion that I think they're going to be using to uh, with motor voter registration and so on and so forth to vote. But I think that if people adopt a positive mentality and actually go on the attack attack and stop apologizing for Trump and get behind him and understand that he is our vehicle to saving the country at present, at least for 2024, to give us a fighting chance, then we can't lose. The biggest threat to the republic is a bunch of weak kneed cowardly Republicans like the DeSantis influencers who are still out there saying i'll never vote for donald trump he's evil they're they're trying to scapegoat him no get behind trump support him because people are attracted to that kind of positive message no one's attracted to oh i don't really like trump either but i might right. vote for him it's ridiculous <laughs> that's true it uh drew allen go check out his Substack. drew allen does substack.com get his book america's last stand drew i appreciate meeting you great stuff let's do it again let's do it god bless you joe all right brother we're after we're back after this stay right here This is the Joe Pag Show. Great to have you. Polo saw this come across the wires. It turns out Ronald McDaniel, who is the um, the chair of the RNC, the Republican National Committee, is going to step down after after South Carolina. The news reports say that she's going to step down. She's already told Trump, and that's going to be after North Carolina. i got to tell you something. I thought she should have been gone after 2020, to be honest with you, because we did not do what we thought we were going to do on the conservative side then. I'm hoping that Harmie Dillon is the next RNC chair. That is Polo. That is Sam. That is Carrie. I'm Joe. I'll see you tomorrow. Have a great night. This is the Joe Pike Show.